0: Oh shit. Here we go again. What's up, ballers? We're back uh, after a Memorial Day weekend. I hope you guys all enjoyed your Memorial Day. Um, we got a jam-packed episode, a lot of stuff to talk about, so um, we'll get right into it. Just going to introduce ourselves like we did last week. Uh, this is Jake speaking right now.
1: What's up, guys? Dougie's here.
2: Hey, it's Vince. I'm here, too. Let's get into it.
0: Ooh, the train, we got the train whistle going.
2: <laughs> That's that timing. Was, hey, we were coming through that, real fast. Yeah. There.
0: Yeah. Dude, we are, we're, we're coming around the bend right now. Um, all right. So yeah, I mean, kind of a, uh, crazy week, um, in terms of the PGA, uh, tour mainly because we had, we, we got picked right twice. Right? Vince picked the PGA, right? He picked, he picked Brooks and I picked, picked Nah to win. And, uh, so Kevin Nod does win, wins by four um, over a whole host of guys. But um, yeah, I mean, sort of an an interesting uh, an interesting tournament. What did you guys think? I mean, did you, did you catch any of it this weekend?
1: Yeah, so I was able to watch um, <clears throat> the last probably six to eight holes at my parents' house on uh, Sunday. Kind of a weird weekend because it's a long weekend, but uh, turned it on. Was able to see the last six or seven holes. Um, yeah, great call by you, Jake on Kevin Na. He he pretty much dominated the entire weekend. Uh, it was kind of a race for for second place ended up being on the on the back nine cuz Call or uh, Na was in control there. Um but I'm a big fan of Kevin Na. He is a, uh, you know, one of the slower players on tour but uh good good big personality. Uh the banter between he and his caddy are, are, is his laugh out loud hilarious and then yeah, awesome. to to see him uh give the what, the 1970 replica car that he won to his caddy, I thought was, uh, you know, pretty cool. So uh, good weekend and, uh, you know, a good tournament. And then obviously we have a big tournament this week with Memorial. So excited to uh, see that kick off.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I, I thought, I mean, I picked him because I knew his track record there and and I knew that he played well there a couple times. But uh, it's always cool to see a guy that is like he just doesn't hit it that far. Um, he's got a great short game he is a good putter he is a little slower but like i think his you know his issues with slow play have been well documented and he's like clearly done a bunch of things to try to get faster and even though he's not that fast it's at least he's actively trying but um it's always cool to see a guy that does you know those kind of things those different skills um it's cool to see him win, especially, too, because you know that he's kind of like a go-for-broke player, even though he's not a power player. And usually those two things are kind of more closely related, right? Like, if you know you can blow it over trouble or, or do whatever, um, you'll go for it more. But he's kind of – he'll hit driver off the deck. He'll hit, you know, fairy woods out of bunkers, out of rough, whatever. Whatever he – over water. That was the famous shot from from last year that he hit like, a crazy cut over water. Um so yeah, I thought that was kind of an interesting thing and kind of a neat thing. Um, Vince, do you have anything to add to that?
2: Other than the fact that my pick didn't do very well.
0: <laughs> well <laughs>
2: so, he, did, he actually is funny. You guys He's looking at his the, card. the old Pierce horse. He played really well, like, a few rounds, except for then he would go out and make a double-triple, or, mm. yeah, single-double and completely shred his round apart, and he never got into contention, so... Um, I thought he played well. I didn't get to catch that much of the tournament. I decided to play, like, some mid-morning afternoon rounds this weekend. Right. But, I mean, look good. I-, I was happy to see Kevin not win. I thought the car was a sick gift for his caddy. I don't think it was a replica. I think it was, like, an original rebuild.
0: No, it was a resto mod. Resto so, it, mod it 73 was... 73 Challenger?
2: Yeah. It was pretty sweet.
0: Yeah, 73 Challenger, but it was all, um... Internals and stuff were all like basically from modern day, which is cool. I mean, it's it look, it's bet. Is it better than getting a trophy? It, probably. I mean, you're getting a, a sweet car, you know, that, that's awesome. Um, so I wrote a couple other quick notes about the thing. I don't want to spend too much time on Colonial, even though I thought it was actually a really great tournament and it, and it shows you how good that course is for PJ Tour, um, uh, play because you had a lot of different styles in contention, but. So I had two quick notes here. Uh, do we think that Jordan Spieth's performance—it's over two weeks now—do we think that like tells us that it's like a true sign of life? Um, you know, last week Doug said I gotta eat crow. He made the cut, and then you know this week he top tens it. So, so what do we think,
1: Bueller? That's Vince, I'll let you go.
0: Um.
2: Yeah. yeah. I want to say he has the potential; he's going to keep contending, but he's still not. He's not scoring great. Okay, he top ten an event where the the leader was twelve. We've seen many PGA right. Tour events go into the high, well, the low teens. Um, I think he still has to, he has to start scoring, or else he's going to get blown out. He may get to eight under, but it's still not going to be enough to win. Not top ten. Yeah, okay.
1: I'm still a seller of (laughs) of speed. I just, I mean, so his last three results have been pretty decent, right? He, I think he ended up actually like outside the top 20 in Dallas, which is one of his home courses. And then obviously he had the, the T three at, uh, at the U S or at the PGA. Yeah. And, you know, even though he was whatever, five shots behind Brooks and then, um, he had the top 10 here at, uh, at colonial, you know, my thing with him is he's done pretty well on Thursday, Friday and gotten himself into contention. And then on Saturday, he's just been absolutely atrocious. Uh, he didn't, mm-hmm. you know, he did show some signs of life this past weekend, but then again on Sunday, you know, he shot whatever, two or three over, um, you know, everybody really did actually not too many people shot under par other than Kevin, Na, and you know, it was kind of his tournament from the, from the get go. But, you know, I'm just not sold on him. He's, you know, he's got two of these, you know, I guess top-ish results are in his home state. You know, one was at the PGA, which is was is a great result for him. But I'm still not, still not on the speed train. I think, uh, you know, he's playing this week at, at Memorial, but I, I just don't see it. You know, he may he may may surprise me, but uh, I just don't think his game is is completely all the way there. And I just think there's some other guys that are, you know, obviously playing a lot better. Uh, you know, all around right now than, than he is. But, you know, he is showing some signs of life. He's not missing every cut or, you know, finishing at the bottom of the table. So that's good to see. I am I just I'm not sold on him right now. So,
0: yeah, like uh, I'm going to go. I'll go the opposite of Doug. I'm going to buy on Spieth, um for a couple of different reasons. I just think that um, the signs of life that he's showing are like important um, signs that kind of have a little bit more value right so it's his first top 10 of the year it's the first time that he's uh, cracked the top 100 in the FedEx cup uh, we're seeing more consistency out of him and I think uh, the fact that he had positive strokes gained in something other than putting right like he's he's putting his ass off every week he's like plus four strokes against the field um, in putting but then when you see him tee to green, he's been negative in the past couple of uh, months, and to see him be right around a shot gained tells you that he's got to be hitting it at least a little bit better. Which I feel like is the you know like the Jordan Spieth slogan: like if I can only hit it a little bit better, then I must be better or I must be good. Um, so yeah, that, that's my kind of piece there.
1: Do you, Jake, do you think that it's because he's playing courses familiar with, or you just think it's he's really good games coming around?
0: No, I think you you can see it a little bit in general. Like, when they have um, shot tracers and stuff on him, you know, there's still some ugly ones. Don't get me wrong. I I don't think this dude is locked in by any uh, stretch of the imagination. But he's not hitting these, like, full-on foul ball, like, out into the the seats and right anymore. Um, And I think that that might just be a sign that, like, he's coming around. I I don't know if that's the case, but I kind of feel that way about it. So it might be a little bit the courses, though, Doug. You're right. I mean, this is a stretch where he, he's been good in Texas before, and we've, we've seen that before from him. So, all right, one last note that I wrote for Colonial. One last question for you guys Is Tony Finow semi unclutch? Let me read your stat real quick. He's got six second place finishes in two years, and his only win has been on an opposite field event. What do we think,
1: Vinny? You got any thoughts?
2: I, that, that's a good question, man.
1: It I think, is a good I question. Think he's <laughs> like, he's got to be. I know <laughs> it's a good question. I never, I
2: never heard the stats, so to me, it's a good question. Um, I don't know. I feel like he can play. I think if he wins an event, he may get hot. That's how I feel because I think his game is built for a lot of courses on tour. Uh, Mm -hmm. long cut right so i think once he he has to get over that hump you know he hasn't been on tour that long
0: so you kind of feel like like tony finow's got like um he's got like blue balls for for like a real trophy right (laughs)
1: like he's
0: he's gotten like a little hand job from like an opposite field event one time and now (laughs) he's like really trying to get it and he's just, he's just got to find the right one. And after that, he'll just go out there and slay. Is that kind of your thought?
2: I think so. I'm telling you, okay. if he wins, he wins a big event, I think he's going to win more frequently.
1: So he'll be more like Vinny in his prime, is what you're saying, when he wins. <laughs>
2: exactly. Uh,
1: um, you know, Jake, I I like Finau. I mean, obviously, he's a great game. He's, whatever happened to him last year at the Masters in the Part 3 contest is hilarious. But um, I think... I think, you know, he's been what in the final group at a major once, or maybe in the second to last group at a major once. He's just been uh, he, up there a lot. Yeah. He's been there a lot. I, you know, I agree. I think that, you know, all these guys on tour are just so good and anyone of them can win all the time. I think that it says something that he's always around the leaderboard, but I agree. Maybe he just, you know, doesn't, doesn't have the it factor, which, you know, is okay. Charles Howell's made a career of that. He's won, th- you know, like three times on tour or whatever. And, he's made like $50 million because he's just a cut machine. So there's nothing wrong about that. It's a great career. Um, but yeah, I agree. If you want to separate yourself, you really do need to win a couple times, you know, a year or, you know, once a year, just so people know you're out there instead of just lurking around the leaderboard. Cause you know, whether people agree with it or not, Ricky Fowler is kind of the same way as well, right? He's, you know, he's got a couple more wins and Finau does and mm. he's got a player, he's got a player's championship, but yeah, um, you know, for a long time, the last five or six years, he's been a lot around the lead on, on Sunday for a major and then kind of fizzled and never really, uh, you know, had a chance to win it. Maybe the one time at the Masters two years ago, he was right there and, you know, a couple of things went his way. But, uh, you know, I think that they're very similar. Uh, he and Finau is, yeah, you know, they haven't really proven themselves as as the guy that can get it done when they need to on Sunday.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I said it in one of our earlier podcasts. I got a lot of confidence that, you know, he has learned from these close calls. But then, like, this weekend when I was watching it, I'm going, you know, he he's like the Ferrari out there against these guys. That's the way that I felt when I looked at that leaderboard. And I'm like, he should just be boat racing them right now. And it right. looked like it, he just didn't have that, like, 24-7 killer instinct type thing like he wasn't firing at pins early and he missed a couple shorties that well I'm not shorties but like mid-rangers and it seemed like he was just out of his game and then all of a sudden you know Kevin Ah did what he needed to do and Finau couldn't muster it up and uh yeah that's when I started thinking about that question because I feel like he's always there and I feel like yet we never say like oh he you know he won last week it just isn't you know kind of the thing that's been uh, uh happening obviously uh all right so i don't really have anything else for colonial you guys have anything else I'm nope no. all right so uh kind of our last pga tour thing uh for this pod let's get some picks in for memorial big the invitational tournament you know it, uh, what do they call it
1: um uh, enhanced the, the status, memorial yeah yeah yeah
0: whatever it is you it's know.
1: 550 points right for first instead right, of 500 right.
0: yeah yeah, we'll be hearing about the you know all the different milkshake flavors at Jack's place for you know on all the <laughs> coverage this week. Um let's just run through picks uh real quick. I get you know what, I, I'm gonna go first since I won last week. I'm gonna go I'm gonna take my pick here. Um, so yeah, my pick for the week, I'm going with Patty Cantley. All right. Quick little recap on my, my reason here. Patrick Cantley. Last five starts: T six, miscut, T nine, T three, T three. Only Rory, DJ, and Brooks have been hotter across five starts, and he's been positive stroke gain at Memorial every time he's played. So, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the guy that everybody seems to say is a total asshole, Patrick Cantlay. <laughs> <laughs> Vinny, what do you got?
2: Um, I'm taking a safe pick. I want to say safe, but um, Hideki's probably made, like, 30 cuts straight. Um, <laughs> I'm taking him this week. I think he's, All right. he's bound to just go off. He did it last year. Um, he won. Nobody thought he was going. Not there, but he's, he's due for, uh, I think, a win or, like, a top two, top three a year, I think.
0: God, if Hideki could just putt a little bit, how good would he be? He'd
2: be nasty.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's terrible in the greens. Uh, Dougie?
1: I'm selling Hideki. He is awful. He is uh, not good right he's now. He's only had one top 15 finish in his last seven starts here at Memorial. He will not finish in the top three or two, whatever Vince just said. That is an awful pick. I hope you do not take him for your tournament pick. Uh, I'm going with Gary Woodland creature. Uh, <laughs> coming off a uh, T8 at the PGA Championship um and he's ranked second in both greens and regulation and strokes gained t to green so he's had a couple uh really good finishes here lately and so i'm taking uh gary woodland to uh to win it this week Ooh, see like i want to see
0: some uh some gary woodland stingers then if uh if we're gonna have him like up on the coverage all weekend uh all right so yeah i mean look memorial it's a great tournament uh there's not really much to say about that. That's a weird thing. I, I feel like it's such a great event because it's a great field. Uh, we get it every year, pretty much. We know it's Jack's tournament, so um, it should be interesting how things unfold. I think it's very telling that you're going to get Tiger at this thing, Doug. You said it in a separate conversation, you know, um, earlier in the week. But you know, this is this is U.S. Open tune-up type stuff. This is what he should have done between the Masters and
1: the PGA, in a lot of ways. So. Yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, he's he's playing in a good grouping, too, with Justin Rose and DeChambeau. Um, obviously, I don't know if anybody saw, but sad news for Justin Rose's caddy. He's having some health issues. So he's having to step down yeah, from being his full time caddy, which is is rough. They've had a lot of success together. So hopefully wish the best for him. But a group good group for Tiger and Rosie and DeChambeau. Um, I agree. I think that, uh, you know, he has to play, you know, within two weeks of the U.S. Open, which is in, coming up in two weeks at Pebble. Uh, so I'm happy to see that. Hopefully, uh, you know, he plays well. I'm, I'm not sure he can he can win this week just because he played so badly at PGA. You know, he, he really didn't get any reps in. Um, so I'm just hoping he makes it to the weekend gets some practice in and gets ready for the U.S. Open. Obviously, we'd love to see him win, but, uh, you know, I don't think that's going to happen. But, uh, yeah, you know, it, it really is, a, you know, a great field, obviously, because everybody wants to play in Jack's tournament just like they want to play in Arnie's tournament. Um, and, and, and I'm actually surprised I just saw Brooks isn't playing kind of curious there why he's not. Um, but um, yeah some, some pretty much the rest of the top ten players in the in the world, top 20 are all playing. It's going to be you know an exciting week uh, a lot of good groups so yeah um, and and obviously we had a short week this week too with the holiday on Monday so it you know it right. starts quicker quicker than than normal. I mean
0: I'm not I'm actually not surprised Brooks isn't playing. I mean, it's it's not a major, so he doesn't give <laughs> a shit, which I think is great. But Vince, what were you gonna say?
2: No, I was I was sitting here thinking I was like, let let's tap at who the number one power ranking pick is actually for the week. And that's Matt Coocher. Can you you think he can go out there and really just dominate this week with with the increased field and higher pressure out there?
0: Who do you think Mac Well, I guess. If I'm going to answer your question, I'll nitpick at your wording for a sec. Matt Kutcher doesn't dominate. Yeah, he there's does nothing, not dominate. There's nothing. Do- the only thing Matt you're Kuchar right. dominates is like a you know like a a golden corral where he walks in with his <laughs> Skechers on. After his Skechers. Yeah, yeah. You know, like but but I see what you're saying because he is ranked number one in the power rankings because he plays incredibly well here, and he I could totally totally see him contending, winning you know being in it because frankly he's had a great year and on top of that he plays really really well here and he uh it's of course they play a lot it doesn't the conditions don't really change strategy doesn't really change the environment doesn't really change it's very very similar year after year so yeah for sure i could see him uh despite the fact that he seemingly you know isn't the same pedigree as the rest of these guys i could see him uh being a factor for sure
1: i mean he is the fedex points cup leader and uh He's tops on tour in greens and regulation right now, and he's he's number two actually on Memorial's all time uh, money list behind Tiger. Uh, and yeah. he does a he did win back in twenty thirteen, so he's always played well there. He's you know top ten machine this year. Uh, so yeah, I'd be interested to see. You know, he is one of those guys that a lot of people would pro- probably say he's boring to watch because he doesn't hit it far, he doesn't do too much flashy stuff uh, he wears the sketchers, but you know, he, he does get it done. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. I think, I mean, I don't know. I,
0: I'm a, I don't want to say I'm a Coocher hater. Cause I'm, uh, I just think he, you know, he's whatever, especially after the story with the caddy this year. And I don't want to get into that, but you know, he's, he won three times this year. I mean, the, the guy can play for sure. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see, I guess anything else on this week. Should we move to our, like, uh, Large scale topic.
1: We need to uh, talk about our past weekend, who, oh, where we played. Yeah,
0: I completely forgot. Yeah, let's um, MDW weekend. Do you guys, you guys want st- to kick it off? I think you played it together a little bit, so that will be cool.
1: I'll uh, I'll start it. Yeah, so we had a three day weekend. I hope everybody was safe uh, yes. from Memorial Day, and uh, Vinny and I started the weekend on Friday m- or Saturday morning. We played at Wildcat Golf Club. I always say Wildcat Country Club just for our listeners, but it's actually Wildcat Golf Club in case you're in the Houston area and want to play. Um, I highly recommend it, 36 holes. We played the Highlands course, uh, me and Vinny with two of our buddies, actually Tom, who was on the podcast episode earlier in the season. And um, Vince and JR played the best nine holes I've ever seen from Vince. And JR... It's been a long time since I've seen him play that well, but uh, they both shot even on the front. Vinny can talk about his round here in a second. And then I shot one over, but I felt like I was a million back. Jr. was actually 200 through six. Um, and then uh, we finished the back. I shot uh, four over, so I played pretty well. I'm starting to hit some fairways and starting to make some putts. Still got a couple things to tune up for the summer, but... Uh, yeah, well, all in all, Saturday was really good. Weather's been great here in Houston. Uh, we teed off very early. We were first group off at 635 um, just to beat the rush. And then uh, sa- Sunday, I had the pleasure of playing out at Champions Golf Club, which is in North Houston where the uh, Ladies' U.S. Open is going to be uh, actually a year f- um, from this weekend. Um, and, of uh, course, it's getting ready. Are re- uh, already up to shape. The greens are almost brand new. They're about nine months old now. They redid them last year. And uh, they're, they're still a little firm, but starting to set in. But the rest of the course's conditions are absolutely absurd. And uh, fairways are manicured already. They've got a second and third cut. And they've added a couple bunkers around the greens. Greens are really, really quick. Uh, ended up shooting 78 out there. It's par 71. But uh, we had a great time. I appreciate Brian for, uh, for inviting me out. And then uh, yesterday, I actually ended up playing nine holes in the morning with my pops at uh, Wildcat and shot one over there as well. So a lot of golf this weekend, uh, beautiful weather here in Houston, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm ready to ready to get after it this weekend. Coming week, I'm uh, probably going to play Saturday at Wildcat and uh, really haven't set up anything yet, but uh, that's the plan.
2: So I know I played two rounds, but I want to talk about them collectively. All right. Okay. So two rounds, Saturday and Sunday, both on the Highlands course at Wildcat Golf Club. Um, Open up Saturday morning, shoot 36 on the front. Two bogeys, two birdies. I was grooving. Now, <laughs> n- notoriously, the back nine plays tougher for me out there and ended up playing like shit. Shot a 45 on the back, 81 on the round. Went out what? Sunday morning and played the nines reverse. Shot 43 on the front, 38 on the back, 81 again. Wow. So now I know that there's at least potential to play both nines decently. I just have to pick a day and do it at the same time. God yeah, so for mad. sure.
0: Which uh which which hole uh, wrecked you on the back in that first round? Doug Doug texts me, he goes, Your brother is lighting it up.
2: Um I made double on the hundred and twenty five yard par three, number ten. <laughs> Hit it into the back bunker, all the sitting Friday, didn't get it out.
0: Made the- oh man!
1: Both him and Jr. actually both made double there from the same spot.
0: That's that's a, and that's after coming off a hot nine to go to like what is probably the easiest hole on that on that course.
2: Not only that, it, that was coming off a birdie on the double dog leg par five,
0: which I saw you birdie when I was down there. Almost birdied it twice when I was down there. Uh, that's, that's crazy, but that's, that's some good playing. You guys got a lot of golf in this week. Very
2: happy the weather was great, but I just have to, have to become more consistent. There's just no way around it.
0: Yeah. No, that's, that's the key. That's really the key. Um, let's see my weekend. I I had a tee time snafu, so we're going to, we'll leave that one out of there. I was supposed to play,
1: um, was that an Adam mistake?
0: (laughs) That was, (laughs) that was. (laughs) We won't, we won't throw them too far under the bus, but, yeah, that was. Uh, I was supposed to play on Saturday. Um, and then on, on uh, Sunday, so every, every year, I posted it on the, on the Instagram. So for those of you uh, um, that follow us on Instagram, you might have seen on the story this weekend that um, we had some non-golfers on uh, Memorial Day weekend that were, were playing some golf. So every Memorial Day, my wife's family wants to get together and play golf. And I think I think it's great. It's really cool. Um, because they pick a, an easy course. There's this like little par 3 course right outside of Ocean City, New Jersey called Heritage Links. Uh, it's actually really well-maintained. They don't have a lot of lot to maintain. But um, we go out there, usually as a fivesome. It's like really relaxed and chill, and, and we just play. Uh, this year it was packed. So they wouldn't let us play as a fivesome. So I only got a, a couple uh, of videos. But we had this little challenge, which is um, I have to beat them by 30 across 18 holes. So you, we, it's, it's a nine-hole course. We played the, the, the nines uh, twice. This year we only, we only played once, which was kind of a little bit of a bummer. So the, uh, I shot plus three. I think the only reason I shot plus three is because there, there's two par fours on this uh, little sort of short course. They're both about, I don't know, right around 300 from, from the back tee. So I try to drive the green on both like an idiot, um, bogeyed both of those. Um, but yeah, I was hitting it fine. And just to watch them go out there and they're, they're hacking it around, you know, and you guys remember this when you're, when you're like beginning golf or, or not really playing a lot or whatever. And you see them hit one good shot. And also you hear like this scream from the group in front of you, like, cause somebody, you know, hit a green from one Oh five uh but yeah it's it's hilarious and it's awesome and they talk about it for the entire you know next day uh sitting around asking me all these questions i feel like i'm like a club pro um by the time <laughs> what you do with your arm there You're like how do you set up for this how do you hit this shot you know uh all, all kinds of, what, what do you hit on a hundred yard hole you hit a four iron no 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 no, no four iron for me not on this one <laughs> um <laughs> So it's it's really fun. It's really interesting. But I didn't get to play much golf this weekend, honestly. I only got to play a couple holes. So but I got some coming up this week. So mm-hmm.
1: what's about. your what's your favorite hole out there, Jake? My favorite hole at Heritage? Oh god,
0: I don't know. They're all kind of the same, honestly. Actually, that's not true. That's not true. The let me count them up. One, two, three, four. The fifth hole is this downhill par three. And actually it is the most interesting green out there. It's set in this little like valley. And it's kind of like a it's kind of like a kidney shaped green. And so you the, the only way to really get it really close is either to obviously land it right next to the flag or the way that I try to do it is to try to hit it up on this bank. There's like the whole thing is kind of like a punch bowl. And so I hit it up on this bank and let it roll down onto the green. Um, and this year is playing into the wind. So I hit it to the back bank and let it kind of come flying down. It actually had a little spin, came all the way to the front of the green, the pin was in the middle, so I got a little too much. But the the, the greens there are so small because it's obviously it's a par-3 course and they want to give you some kind of challenge. So greens there are, like, very, very tiny. Um, and, and some of the longer par-3s, like 150-yard uh, par-3s, are, are actually
1: pretty tough because of how small the green is. So, But, yeah, it was good. Nice. Vinny, uh, for those people that haven't played Wildcat, what's your favorite hole on the island?
2: That's tough. Um I like 7, the one handicap hole. Ooh,
1: okay. Fuck that, fuck that hole. Describe set it up for people. <laughs> uh
2: the one handicap hole on the Highlands is a par 4. I think it plays like 360 350. Yeah, that's probably right. Um but driver off the tee is pretty much a no-go if you hit the ball over 220. Um, which fence doesn't um, I used to be able to play with the with the driver. I don't anymore. Um, so your second shot, you're always hitting a long iron uphill over, uh, into a blind green, which is probably 30 feet uphill. Um, so you're, even if you hit a long iron, uh, holding the green's pretty tough. If you get there, um, so it's a, it's an overall challenging hole. You have to hit two really good shots. Um, uh, the approach shot is my favorite, only because when you do hit it good and you hit it close, um, it, it's just a really good feeling to hit a hit a shot into a tough hole like that. So that's probably why it's one of my favorite holes out there.
1: Jake, you played there before. What was your? Is that your favorite hole too?
0: On Highlands, um, that I would I would agree with Vince to one degree. That I think is the coolest approach on Highlands because it's blind, it's uphill. You got all this like undulation. I like that. It's uh, my favorite hole on Highlands. Um, no, I like the hole. I can't think of what number it is right now, Doug. You'll be able to figure it out. It's, um, it's next to the bathrooms the first time. Six. Six? Yeah, I love that green. I think that green is really cool. And I like that you can cheat it down the left if you want and take on the out of bounds, or you can kind of play it out to the right. You got that like centerline bunker. Um, or you can just yeah. hit pound driver right up there. But yeah, I, th- I think that's a, re- that was really, really fun.
1: So my favorite hole out there, I think is 15, which is the par five on the back nine. Uh, it's the number two handicap hole. So it's kind of similar to seven. You can't really hit driver. Um, anything over about two thirty, is in the shit. And then it kind of goes into like this ver- this bottleneck, which I guess you could technically drive it down the middle if you do, and then down into the road there and on the fairway. But most people hit about three wood or hybrid, and then you have about which I think is my favorite part of the hole is you have a really really tough second shot because it's a layup, and you have to hit anything between about one sixty and two hundred, uh, and then from there you have this elevated green you know, the two bunkers in the front left and then the green kind of slopes from right to left. So, uh, I really think that's a good hole. I, I, I along with seven, you know, I don't really make too many pars there, even though I've played about a thousand rounds at wildcat. So, um, yeah, I think that's, that's kind of my favorite hole, but, uh, yeah, good stuff there. What, what do we got next?
0: All right. So next I have like a sort of a big picture question. Let's, let me see here. How, so I, um, I originally voiced it one way, but I was thinking about something else. So, obviously, uh, you know, there are a lot of people that have a lot of different opinions about golf, about where the game's going, where the game should go, changes that should happen, rules, issues, you know, this, that, and the other thing. So, um, I said, if you were, like, the shogun, like, the, the supreme leader of all of golf, um, and you had ultimate power, you know, what changes would you make but then i was thinking that the the remake of aladdin came out this week right (laughs) if you were where is this conversation going just listen i got you gotta you gotta follow me for a second if you found a magic lamp right you like you rub the shit out of that thing (laughs) what three wishes three changes would you come up with um for golf across the board this doesn't have to be pga tour it doesn't have to be your everyday golf it can be anything to do with golf. Um, three changes. So I have my three ready to roll. I
1: don't know about you guys. Oh. I, I have my three.
0: Uh, you want to go first, Doug? Uh
1: yeah, I can go first. Or yeah, Vinny, you, you wanna go first? Go first. Take it. Take it. I'll go first. Okay. Uh so my first my first one would be uh I think that the amateurs to keep well one to get amateurs into the game and keep them Uh, With their attention span that we have in our current society, you know, five hour round, or even if you play relatively quickly at four and a half hours, four hours is not, you know, it's too long for amateurs that are trying to get involved in the game. So my thing would be keep all the amateurs up until college playing nine holes maximum. Um, I think that, you know, that keeps it an hour and a half, two hours max. uh, And people can stay focused on the round they can have fun and then they can also get on with their day um so i think that you know all the ajga the houston golf association all of those they should nine nine holes maximum for even amateurs like ourselves um to keep everybody involved in the game and, and i think to grow that would help grow the game immensely because um my my thoughts currently are you know tigers obviously done an, an immense job at growing the game for everybody and i'm hoping brooks kind of steps in to take that role but Right now, we really don't have anybody that just absolutely dominates the game and makes it, um, you know, fun for everybody to root for one person and just go out and beat everybody. You know, there's just a lot of really good players right now, which is also good for the game, but, you know, a different subject. My second thing would be this anchoring thing, which drives me absolutely insane. I'm so with you on this. Go ahead. Is where people are like, oh, there's intent, no intent. I don't give a shit. Adam Scott is anchoring his putter along with everybody else that says they're not doing it. So even if it's even remotely close to anchoring into their chest, that's got to be illegal because they're, or not illegal, whatever they decide the rule is they need to stick with it. Um, but they have shown that there is a, you know, somewhat of an advantage for everybody that has a anchor or was anchoring, you know, prior to the ban. So I think that you know, that that's got to get solved because, Right now, they're just saying, hey, Adam or whoever else is anchoring, are you anchoring? He's saying, no, it's not my intention to anchor the putter. Okay, you're fine, which is complete BS. So, um, you know, I think that that needs to be resolved. Um, And then my third um, thing for the game is uh, pace of play. You know, I think that to my first point, this helps with that is, You just got to have people out there like I and no offense to my the marshals at my dad's golf course at Wildcat is they're just absolutely useless Um, and they don't do anything to help push the game along. Um, And I think that that's a shame because, you know, they're out there just really to play free golf at Monday and Tuesday during the week. But you need to have people out there that are pushing the game, helping people move along And, and don't be afraid to tell people, hey, you know, there's three groups waiting behind you on the fairway or on the tee box. You need to skip a hole right now. People just say, come around and want to shake hands, see how everything's going. Oh, it may be moving slow and everybody may be complaining, but I don't want to create any confrontation with people. And so I think that there's a fine line there that needs to be solved. And it's really, I think that is really the biggest thing that's affecting the game right now.
0: I think those are like some really interesting points. Like, first of all, your anchoring thing is, is dead on. Like, if there's any question if you're anchoring or not, it shouldn't be on. I know that we in golf, it's a lot of like reporting yourself, right? Yes, I move the ball, you know, whatever it might be, right? It's all self policing. Guess I just don't feel like that's actually happening right now with the anchor thing, especially on the Champions Tour. That that thing is like anchor central out there. Um, and then I think your pace of play thing is interesting because there's no responsibility for pace of play in my opinion at any level right people get put on the clock all the time on the pga tour they get fined a couple bucks but for those a lot of those guys the money that they get fined <clears throat> doesn't matter so that for you to bring it up you know on a in a public play scenario it's a huge it is it's a huge problem like i know that i'm paying to go play and if i was playing slow and a marshal came up to me i might be a little pissed off about it but guess what like that should be said to you when you give them your money. Hey, listen, we're expecting you to play in this amount of time. If you can't pull it off, we're going to be telling you that you need to move ahead, and that's it. There's no questions out there. I, I do agree with that. It's it's a big it's a big time problem. Um, then you got anything on any of Doug's?
2: No, no, I'm not going to try to be the president of the PGA with my wishes.
0: Okay. <laughs> do you uh, you want me to go next, or do you uh, you want to go with yours? I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm, I'm All gonna, right.
2: I'm going to turn this a different way.
0: Yeah, 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 I'm wishes excited. From this
2: metaphorical genie. Um, Do they involve I mean, hot dogs? <laughs> no. <laughs> Unless I can somehow get like a hot dog roller on the back of a golf cart, that'd be ideal. There you yeah. go. All right. Um, I think one of we're gonna keep these as wishes. Uh, I think more readily available and, and cheaper equipment would be nice. Um, I think there's a okay. lot of people who are amateurs who who study and and know a lot about what's out there, but can't get their hands on. Um, and it's just another thing in the game that people want to be interested in, other than just mm-hmm. playing. Because um, there's people who are much about the science behind what's in their hands. I think that right. you can have a whole other group of people or grow the game through that. That's interesting. So, I mean, I'm one of those people. You're one yeah, of those no. people. Doug's not to really. some degree. Yeah. So, Doug, you know, you give him a persimmon wood if he hits it as far <laughs> as his driver, he's gonna play it. <laughs> so, it's true. Look at that nine oh five five wood he has in the bag. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, the legend. And and once again, it has a great shaft in it. So the, there you go.
1: It really is All more right, well, yeah. I mean the face is great but the shaft is amazing. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um Oh man, I I just I definitely wish that there was an abundance of of courses that were closer to where we are or where you are um that are more readily available for everybody to play. I think I think mm-hmm. private golf is is great. But I, I don't know if it's going away or not. I just I wish that I had the opportunity to play some of the courses more than once in my life. Um,
1: okay, you can make a lot of money. <laughs> True, that's an option.
2: It's absolutely, an option. That, like there's these are almost achievable wishes, except for except for you know membership at Blue Jack. That's way out of reach.
0: Yeah, you're getting, well, you are not get. Well, you know
1: you could talk to if, your Doc if you, if you did marry May. You might be in
2: the Doc. don't know my third wish yeah I think oh god this is tough I know what I want to say and it has to do with the competition oh no I'm trying to word it in a way that doesn't make me seem like (laughs) Tiger's the only person who can accomplish this I wish to see somebody achieve a feat and grow a game like Tiger did during
0: my lifetime Uh that's that's an awesome wish That is a good one, yes. Well, um, man, those are all really, really good and thoughtful, too. That last one's incredibly thoughtful because, I mean, it's not like me, you, and Doug all grew up while, you know, Tiger was doing his thing. Um, But, yeah, I could see why you would want that to happen again in a different way with a different character in a different time Um, because it's always great to root for greatness. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, you, you in any sport, right? You might not be a fan of, you know, whatever team Messi's playing on, but you might really love what Messi does. And so you want to watch that or, you know, yeah, what what I, like uh, that's kind of the way I feel about Tom Brady. Like I fucking hate Tom Brady, but I can't not watch Tom Brady.
2: I so. agree. I, I think this is just about, uh, this is the storybook. This is the outside point of view on something that I love, Right so i would love to see that happen again Mm -hmm. just so i can just so i can say oh holy shit (laughs) there's somebody else out there that can that can provide that feeling to millions of people right and i was and i was around to witness it again
0: that's cool what you got jake all right so for mine yeah i you guys actually hit on a lot of mine um because I, obviously that tells you kind of what some of the problems in the game are. But the first one I said was, um, I, think, I think it's time for, uh, and I know this is a dirty word, uh, for some uh, bifurcation of the rules between pros and ams. Like, pros hit it so far and so straight now, even compared to pros 20, 30 years ago. And obviously a big part of that is equipment. And what's happening is they are like outpacing the courses that they play um, and the intent of those courses. And I don't think it has to be anything extreme. I I know that some people like want pros to play like, you know, 280 CC drivers or whatever. I just think that they need to turn the ball back for pros. Um, And you need to come up with a cutoff point for, when you're using the pro ball and when you're using the am ball, um, and I don't, I don't like baseball. This, yeah, I don't know what that solution is, but I think it has to happen. Um, it, it's because you know some of the courses that they play, like the one that I always think about, is kind of what happened. I know that Arana Mink was really wet last year. It didn't matter if it was wet or not. That course is so wide and so short that. You know, it didn't matter where these guys hit it. They were going to tear it up no matter what. Um, so that's, that's one of mine. My other one, Vince touched on when he brought up, like, playing certain courses. I think that it, it would be cool if more places in the U.S. went with the European model um, of, like, a country club or, or golf club, which is there are members, and they pay fees, and it gives them accessibility to the course. But those courses are still open to the public. For a somewhat significant daily for daily fee, um, and obviously that doesn't have to be everywhere. Like I don't expect Pine Valley to be a daily have a daily fee option at any uh, any point in my lifetime, um, but I think that other semi prestigious or even just very nice private golf courses, it'd be cool if they had um, a way for the public to access them on a limited basis. Uh, I just think that that is one way to really sort of grow it. Uh, I know that you guys have municipal golf down there, uh, but where I live and where where Vince grew up uh, and I grew up <clears throat> we had no municipal golf. So all we could do was go to public golf courses, which frankly, in our area are were just robbing you blind because they weren't of very good quality. A lot of people were members at other clubs, and so you were paying you know a significant little chunk of change to go play these. know super dumpy golf courses so um that's one thing i think that i would like to see like a change in the model for private clubs especially too because you know baby boomers are getting older and uh i could see that being a problem for memberships i know it'll be a problem for membership at the club that i'm currently at i mean over 50 percent of our uh membership is in that age group so and then my last one is uh i'd like to see more quality municipal golf accessible to people of all ages, but especially to kids and kids of all like socioeconomic backgrounds. Uh, I mean, we have a, a golf, more than one golf course in the city. I think it'd be great to find a way to provide free rounds to kids, provide them with like a half set of clubs that for rental purposes, basically get them for free. You return them at the end of your round. Um, and like let kids get interested in the game, uh, I think the biggest thing holding kids back, at least in my general area, is is time and money. There's a solution to time. You can cut down how many holes you play. Money's the harder thing to solve. So I I would like to see some sort of initiative to uh, get kids out on the golf course free of charge. I I don't know what that looks like,
1: but yeah, that would be my third.
2: Thinking about the future of the game, man.
1: We also need to fix the damn dropping rule. Where you drop from like, (laughs) under your ass so stupid
0: the, the dropping rule is pretty terrible the dropping you know I, I actually this this is totally going down this road now for the dropping thing but i saw um two guys at my club get in a straight up argument about that <laughs> because the one dude did not know that that rule had changed i i don't know if he's living under a rock or he like only plays golf but doesn't watch golf or whatever. So he's this you know this one guy's like dropping a ball by basically by his ankle truthfully um after hitting it in the water i just i hear these two old dudes like yelling at each other about how you got to it from shoulder you teed it up this that and the other thing and i was like oh my god i never thought that this would be the moment where i would like wake up to this rule yep. um but yeah no that's that's a good call i kind of forgot about that honestly all right let's see what we, so what we got left well we have there was one other big picture question that we were p- potentially going to go to this week and that was if, if, um, if you could steal one um, skill from any uh, tour player and put it into your game right now that doesn't mean that it would make you a tour player or anything like that but if you could take one skill one player what would you take and why
2: Ooh. I'm taking Rory's tempo Give me, give me Rory's Ooh.
0: swing. So, so all right. So I'll back you up. I'll back you up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna force you to be a little bit more specific than okay. saying Rory swing. All right. So you can, yeah. It, it has to be more of a because um, you could say any. You could pick a different golfer's swing for a different reason. You pick Rory's swing in particular to what part of your game? Like if you could say I'm gonna change out um, my uh, wedge swing or my wedge game with Rory's wedge game. Uh, not no. that that would be the part of Rory's game I would pick, <laughs> but
2: I, I'm taking no, his driver swing. I'm, absolutely okay. I think his balance is something that I'll never have in my life. Um, it, it's just, <laughs> it, it's a trademark swing. Like, they talk about it on tour. Anytime somebody is comparing driving a golf ball,
0: yeah. See, I got to be honest. If you if you hit it like Rory, you might actually be be a tour pro i'll tell you what if you hit it like rory off the tee that that would totally play into the strengths of your game
1: um dougie what do you got uh, i would take tiger's putting stroke in the early 2000s oh wow you got really specific well he I can't putt for shit now so he, <laughs> he uh yeah so when he was winning basically every other tournament i'll take tiger's putting game because similar to vinnie if he added length to his game if i could actually putt, i'd have a chance at playing at, you know, more, another level. So, um, yep. That's my, that's my, that's my shindig. What do you got?
0: Okay. I would go, um, I would go, uh, Anthony Kim's, uh, uh, approach game. Oh yeah. I go Anthony Kim's approach game. Um, because I just like think about how good that dude could have been and probably is going to be and probably still is. According to certain reports, that will remain unnamed. But um, yeah, dude, I just I loved watching him get to the green, however he could—driver, crazy five wood, you know, just thrashing a three iron. Didn't matter what it was. Uh, so yeah, I would take I would take his his ball striking, get it to fairway, and then I'll, I'll figure a way to get to the green from there. So, all right, anything else for this week, boys? Want to go over any previews for where we're playing this weekend, or you just want to hold off? What are you thinking?
1: Mm, I think we'll, uh, Vinny and I will probably be out a Wildcat this weekend. But uh, yeah, we can just talk about that that next week.
0: Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, I'll be what do you got, Jake? Place. Anything? Yeah, I think I'll, I'll play one, probably one round this weekend uh, out at Lakes. Um, that's about it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm trying. I'm trying to weasel my way into a couple courses coming up. So hopefully, we'll have some some different uh, uh, course reviews coming up from me.
2: Nice. Jake might have to walk 72 after getting twindled out of around round this past weekend. So.
0: Uh, I might. But, well, between, you know what, not just because of that, between not getting to play as much as I wanted to, drinking way too many beers, and eating crappy food all weekend, I think I need to walk 72 just to, to burn it off, honestly. Love it. Yep. Alright, boys, sounds good. Um, ballers, we'll be back next week with uh, you know some more content and so, some new stuff. Um, so have a great week, uh, enjoy it, get ready for the memorial, and uh, Vince, go ahead.
2: Absolutely, yeah. If you guys are not following us on in- following us on Instagram already, please follow us at the Breakfast Ball Pod. And uh, if you're tuning it up, don't forget to hit your breakfast ball. Thanks again.
1: Later. Thanks, guys.